And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, Welcome. and this in is business. Tom Laurie, and we have now, a terrific here's guest your mentor, mentor lined up for you today. Today, we hear a lot about spin and propaganda. It is connected in many ways with the field of public relations and journalism, but is it fair? What really is public relations and how is it practiced by the best? To talk about this and all things related to persuasion, we have the most influential figure of modern times, Harold Burson, as our guest mentor today. He has, for more than 50 years, served as counselor to and confident of corporate CEOs, government leaders, and heads of public sector institutions. He is the architect of the largest public relations agency in the world today, Burson Marsteller, and started practicing the concept of integrated marketing well before the term was invented. His mentoring of talent has shaped responsible communications for decades and has spawned a wave of ex-Burson PR agency startups. His insights, hard-earned over 60 years, although he's uh, 97 right now, but the 60 years of hard work here, maybe more, were recently published in an excellent memoir, Persuasion. This is an excellent book for anyone interested in learning more about Harold or the nitty-gritty of building a global communications firm and, most importantly, persuasion. Harold, I'm honored. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get started. What is the essence of persuasion? The essence of persuasion is to convince one party what another party wants that other party to do. Uh, It is as basic as eating almost. Uh, public relations, most people think, is something new. Actually, uh, the cavemen practiced public relations. Uh, they practiced it in different ways. Uh, they uh, drew pictures on the wall. Uh, they uh, beat up people with sticks. Uh, they uh, were very persuasive people. But that uh, was the beginnings of public relations, and of course it developed through the years into a uh, what I believe is a, uh, a, a practical social uh, science uh, uh, that ranks with the other social sciences uh, because there is uh, a uh, established methodology, uh, and also uh, there are ground rules that one follows. Uh, there are probably a hundred or more schools of communication in the United States today, and in many other nations around the world. Uh, it is a very legitimate function uh, uh, for all manner of activity, uh, business, socially, uh, political, religious, uh, you name it, it all involves uh, the art of persuasion to convince someone uh, to adopt another person's opinion, uh, to... uh, uh, select uh, one country over another to take a vacation in, uh, in the selection of products. Uh, uh, it, it, it's with people throughout their daily lives, although they seldom think of it as I'm uh, 
using public relations to uh, gain my uh, uh, objectives, uh, and it, it it will stay around as long as people stay around. Now, with your history and the fact that you're semi-retired of sorts, are you still being called upon by uh, people for advice uh, on a regular basis? Uh, I still have relationships with uh, a number of uh, companies that I've worked with for 30 years, 40 years. Uh, uh, of course, I'm not uh, as active as I was uh, just a few years ago. But uh, I still get calls, uh, uh, and uh, also uh, I work with uh, some very talented people in our organization. Uh, uh, they come up to talk to me about a problem. Uh, what do you think is the right way to face this situation? Uh, and uh, I keep busy uh, doing that. Also, I, I uh, take great pleasure in uh, working with younger people, mentoring them, uh, watching them grow, uh, and uh, it gives me a great deal of satisfaction. What, do you have some example or an example or two of some uh, today that you've seen and read about uh, good examples of a PR? Somebody's doing good PR and somebody that's doing bad PR? Uh, the, uh, I think uh, what Starbucks has been, some of the things Starbucks has been doing, for example, uh, when... Uh, uh, African American was mistreated uh, in uh, one of their stores. Uh, the uh, management of Starbucks decided uh, uh, that they had neglected to really indoctrinate their sales force uh, and the operating force uh, on how to treat people. And they closed every Starbucks in the United States for a full day to give them uh, uh, lessons in how Starbucks wanted to treat its customers. I thought that was a, a, a very uh, effective and uh, 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 socially uh, acceptable way to respond to that situation. Well, great. Now, we, ha we have to, as you know, pay some bills, so I need to go to a break. And when we return, we're going to continue our discussion with Harold Burson. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about his journey. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. My Pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction 
a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back, and this is your host, Tom Laurie, and this week we are talking to Harold Burson, the architect of what was the largest public relations agency in the world, Burson Marsteller, and just recently slipped to number three, but according to Harold, they're going to be back on top soon. We're going to come back to the uh, practice of PR uh, in a few minutes, Harold, but first, tell us about your own journey, uh, how you not only got into, but you created the business and you had an interesting journey It involved the Nuremberg trials and a switch from journalism or start in journalism to PR. Uh, maybe you can share your story with us. Well, I have had a very fortunate life uh, and have had a lot of support from many people uh, who have helped me along the way. Uh, I've also had the uh, good fortune that I really have never had a setback at any stage of my career. Uh, every step led to a higher level for me. And uh, it started uh, actually when I was three years old, my father, who uh, had a high school education, uh, my mother and father both came from England, and my father uh, was an omnivorous reader. And he started teaching me to read when I was three years old. And uh, my mother, said by the time I was four, I was really reading. And uh, when I went to started school, I started uh, uh, in the first grade when I was six years old. At that time, uh, Memphis had not yet adopted uh, kindergartens. Uh, my first year of school was 1936. And uh, I was in this classroom for for two days, uh, and someone came and led me out of the room and took me to another classroom, and I, I found out that was the second grade. And I stayed there for about four days. Someone came and took me to another room, and that was the third grade. So I started school actually in the third grade, but with a great handicap. Uh, while my father had taught me to read, 
he never taught me to do, to write in script. Uh, I could print block letters, uh, but uh, back in those days when I started school, uh, penmanship was really uh, a, a very important subject. Uh, and schools uh, spent, emphasized it a great deal. And I remember it's one of the most difficult tasks that I ever undertook in my lifetime was learning how to do Spencerian writing. Fortunately, um, my teacher uh, was very sympathetic and she uh, would have me stay over a half hour or so uh, on most days that I was in the third grade and she would personally uh, give me writing lessons. Uh, so the, the result of that was that I graduated high school at 19, at 15, and I graduated college at 19. Hmm. Wow. And, and uh, uh, when uh, I... I uh, when I was about 12 years old, uh, there was an announcement uh, over the school uh, uh, radio system uh, for volunteers for the student newspaper. And uh, uh, I was very familiar with newspapers because of my father exposed me to them. so much during my early days. And I volunteered, and uh, uh, I uh, w w decided very quickly that I wanted to uh, uh, be a reporter, a journalist, and also that I wanted to go to New York and work for the New York Times. And uh, uh, when the time came for me to graduate uh, high school and go to college, uh, I had a problem because uh, I knew that I was going to have to, uh, in effect, pay my own way through school. And what had happened was that I had been appointed by uh, this teacher, uh, one of the teachers uh, who was the, in charge of the school newspaper to be the correspondent to the Memphis Commercial Appeal, which at that time published a Sunday page co covering the activities of the seven public high schools in Memphis at that time. And I got to know every everybody practically on the staff of the paper. And uh, one of the editors, uh, after a time, asked me if I would like to uh, be the summer substitute for the copy boys uh, who were on their summer vacation. The copy boy is basically a messenger uh, who uh, took the copy from the teletype and uh, gave it to the different editors. And, uh, and so uh, I, uh, one of the editors uh, uh, who was in charge of what they call the tri-states, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi, and, and uh, Tennessee, you know, they all come together. Uh, uh, and um, uh, and the commercial appeal had coverage in in, in really four four states, uh, those three neighboring states in West Tennessee, and uh, uh, they appointed me the correspondent from the University of Mississippi to the commercial appeal, and it paid. Uh, 14 cents a column inch, uh, 
uh, of what you had published. And uh, at that time, you could uh, go to uh, uh, Ole Miss and probably very few other Southern public universities for about seven or eight hundred dollars a year, a school year. And that job uh, from the paper, if you worked hard enough, you could earn seven or eight hundred dollars in a school year. And that's how I paid my way through school. And also, that sort of guaranteed me a job uh, on the paper after I uh, graduated. Uh, if I had had bus fare and enough to feed myself for three months, I would probably have gone directly to New York because I, I wanted to work for the New York Times. And uh, But I didn't have the wherewithal to do that, and I went to work for the uh, newspaper, and uh, I had the good fortune to have been assigned to cover West Tennessee. And well, we're gonna we're gonna have to break here, and we're gonna we're gonna come back, and I want you to talk a little bit about the Nuremberg trials, and then we're gonna talk about the uh, building of of the Bursa uh, Marsteller and your entrepreneurial role. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades, but lately it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. bullyofasia.com. Do you want to make a difference in your life? Can you do it in your current job, or do you need a career change? I'm Lucy Claire Curran, and I want to be your new career coach. I excel in creating breakthrough, aha moments for my clients. But see for yourself. For a limited time, get a full coaching session at no cost. One session free. Go to newcareer.biz. That's newcareer.biz. Newcareer.biz. Let's do this. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. 
Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and this week we are talking to Harold Burson, who is considered by many to be the most influential person in modern times. He built the one of the largest public relations agencies in the world, Burson Marsteller, which most people are most familiar with. Harold, you went off, uh, you were telling the story about getting involved in newspapers and being a journalist, and you wound up uh, covering the Nuremberg trials. Could you tell the audience a little bit about your journey that took you to Nuremberg and what you learned from that? Uh, I worked for the newspaper for only about five or six months. And uh, after that, I went to work for a large engineering and building company that had one of the largest contracts that was ever given in the state of Tennessee by the federal government to build a large shell loading plant, a company that was based in New York and Cleveland. And uh, uh, I decided when World War II broke out uh, that I was not going to let the war pass without my being in uniform. And so I could have stayed out because I was working for this defense contractor doing public relations for him. And uh, toward the end of 1943, uh, 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 I was we, we, we were in Washington a great deal, and the man I worked for, I, I traveled with the CEO of the company that I worked for, and uh, he, he took me into almost every meeting that he uh, attended, and uh, it, it appears that the war was going to end sometime toward the end of 43 or, or into 44, and so I told him that I would... Uh, I was going to uh, resign and uh, ask my draft board to draft me so that I could get into service, which I did uh, at the end of 1943. And because I had worked for an engineering and building company, they put me in, assigned me to an engineer combat group which is a group, uh, their, their mission is they do the road building and bridging for the infantry and artillery, and they also in, are in charge of mining and demining. And uh, I got attached to a, a mining uh, company, and uh, uh, about five weeks after the invasion in Normandy, found myself uh, with a group of my fellow soldiers uh, pulling mines out of the hedgerows in in, in Normandy. And uh, fortunately, I withstood uh, all of all that, and I. I had a lot of connections in Washington. I was trying to get out of the engineers into something like Stars and Stripes, the newspaper, or, or AFN, American Forces Network, the radio network of the military in Europe. And uh, I got my transfer one week before the end of the war in Europe. And... Uh, I, uh, uh, that was really had a lot of great advantages to it. I, I was transferred to American Forces Network to their news staff. And, uh, the, the best part of it was their headquarters, uh, was in Paris. And I got to live in Paris for five months after the war. And, uh, that was probably about the best time that a young American male 
Cadetta uh, has lived in Paris. Hold on one second. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show today. We're talking to Harold Burson, who is considered by many to be the most influential person in modern times. Go ahead, Harold, with your story about Nuremberg. Uh, I, I worked for five months writing the news, uh, newscast, and uh, I was called up to the commanding officer's office one day in early November, and uh, he said, I was, I was at that time uh, 23 years old, and he said, uh, how would you like to go up to Nuremberg and cover the Nuremberg trial? Well, I, that was you know, going to be a plum assignment, and uh, we had talked about it on the staff, and uh, I was confident that uh, I had no chance of... of getting the assignment because uh, we had some really top-notch professional news people on the staff, and I figured one of them would get the assignment. Uh, one of the principal reasons that I got the assignment was uh, uh, I had gotten into the Army late, so I was going to uh, be around for longer than almost anybody else on the news staff. And uh, apparently they felt that I had done a good job up to that time. And uh, I, I, got, I got the assignment. And I uh, uh, covered the trial for, for the first five months. Uh, and uh, I left it uh, after the ma major uh, defendants testified, and the reason is that I wanted to go c come back home and really get on with my life. Well, we're going to take uh, the break, and when we come back, we're going to talk uh, about controversial clients you've had, crisis management, and I want to pick up again on the building of the agency and your pioneering work in public relations. Okay. We're talking to Harold Burson. Do you have a message for our listeners? Imagine right now, instead of hearing these words, you could be hearing your message on the Mentors Radio Show. We offer a multimedia package and special benefits available only for our radio partners. We love to customize a package that best suits your needs and goals. See for yourself. Give us a call at 844-610-8255. That's 844-610-TALK. 844-610-8255. Or drop us a note at TheMentorsRadio.com to learn more. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Do you have a message for our listeners? Imagine right now, instead of hearing these words, you could be hearing your message on the Mentors Radio Show. We offer a multimedia package and special benefits available only for our radio partners. We love to customize a package that best suits your needs and goals. See for yourself. Give us a call at 844-610-8255. That's 844-610-TALK. 844-610-8255. Or drop us a note at TheMentorsRadio.com to learn more. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and this week we're talking to Harold Burson, the architect of one of the largest 
PR agencies in the world, Burson Marsteller. We're going to talk uh, right now about crisis management and the future of PR with Harold. And I have with me Charles Versaggi, who is the president of Versaggi Communications, which is based here in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a marketing and PR consultancy that has served the global life science industry for more than 30 years. Now, formerly, uh, Charles was a science reporter for the Milwaukee Journal, and he has a PhD in biology. And crisis management is an area that is very interesting to Charles, and he has a question for you. Thanks, Tom. Hi, uh, Harold. Charles here again. One thing I just want to say, it's really an honor to uh, be speaking with you. Never in my life would have I imagined that I'd be here speaking with the uh, founder of Burson Marsteller, who was uh, years ago one of our competitors and, of course, uh, still is. Uh, <laughs> That said, I just wanted to just kind of talk about crisis management. And one of the areas that really sticks out is the J&J Tylenol poison pill crisis back in 1982. I'm sure a lot of people are aware and remember that episode where now today the J&J case study is a gold standard for corporate crisis management. And I'm just wondering, what were some of the lessons learned uh, in this regard, and, and, and what was uh, Burson's role in helping the CEO, James uh, Burke, whose decision was guided by uh, people before profits uh, position? Well, we were very, very fortunate that Jim Burke was CEO of uh, Johnson & Johnson at that time. And the reason was he was a very smart individual in the first place, but he always wanted to be challenged. And he would readily admit when somebody had a better idea than he did. And, and the other part about him was that he saw immediately the magnitude of what that could do to the company from a standpoint of losing a lot of its customers. You know, J&J then was more associated with babies than they are today. And, uh, you know, mothers depended on them for everything from Band-Aids to baby oil and and so he wanted to do everything he possibly could to uh, assure that the uh, rest of the company was sound and, and that uh, they were going to do the right thing about the Tylenol situation. The first thing that he did was, without having to, having to do so, the government did not order Johnson & Johnson to uh, t take all the Tylenol off shelves. One of the first decisions he made was that he ordered that every Tylenol in the United States would be recalled. It cost him $150 million. And he also vowed that, uh, that they would come back with a package that was as risk-proof as, as you possibly could, could make a package. The one thing that, that we were all concerned about was that uh, not only was the drug, over-the-counter drug uh, companies vulnerable, but really every grocery store was vulnerable. What happened was that uh, the perpetrators, and they haven't been caught yet, this is uh, Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today I'm talking to Harold Burson about persuasion. Continue, Harold. The, 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 the perpetrators could very easily have gone to the bread section and with a, a needle could put the arsenic in the bread a lot easier than taking apart a Tylenol package and putting it back together again. So it was a really serious situation because this unintended consequence was in the background and everybody was thinking of the whole food system could be put in, into jeopardy because they were afraid that uh, some 
disgruntled people would uh, do some copycatting and, and repeating it. The other thing about uh, Jim was that uh, he uh, took charge of it himself. Uh, he devoted about six weeks of his time. Uh, he he uh, didn't. He left his own office and and uh, took over the biggest conference room, and in effect had a war room where uh, everybody collected every morning about six o'clock in the morning. We stayed there till about ten o'clock at night. Uh, figuring some of these things out. Uh, we, we did such things as uh, uh, took, uh, did research every day to find out uh, 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 on a daily basis how the public felt about how Johnson & Johnson was uh, treating, uh, was handling the situation. And uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, that the very daring things that he did, uh, 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 Mike Wallace called him to go on 60 Minutes. And most of his uh, business associates uh, advised him uh, uh, to, not to do it because, uh, you know, 60 Minutes uh, usually... Uh, wants to nail somebody, and uh, uh, he, and uh, I I told him I said you know I think Mike Wallace uh, will respect you, uh, and, and I might say that one of the, the greatest assets that Burke had was that he was a grown-up Boy Scout, Eagle Scout. You know, he, he just came on the television screen like someone that you, you, you believed, and he looks like sincere, nice guy. And I felt that he would handle himself very well. And I talked to Wallace before and interviewed him, and... Uh, uh, I came away with the impression that Wallace was 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 uh, uh, going to treat him fairly, and and he did. And uh, whereas the uh, improvement in public attitudes was going up very slowly, it jumped about ten or fifteen points uh, the, the couple of days after the. Uh, 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 the uh, broadcast on uh, 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 60 Minutes. Uh, one thing, uh, at, at, at about that time, uh, the satellite had just come into play. And we did, we suggested we wanted this to be a front page story on every every major newspaper in the United States. Uh, and so uh, we arranged for, a, 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 for the top 30 markets. Uh, we had uh, satellite connections uh, with them, and they, they broadcast it on, on, on the radio and TV. And... Uh, uh, Two, actually, we had two stories on Tylenol that next morning. Uh, one about the fact that uh, he had done the broadcast, and the other one was about this is the first time that satellite had been used for a press conference. We're going to have to uh, cut to our final break, and I'm going to ask you, Harold, if you could stay on for an extra 10 minutes after we finish sure. this show. And we're going to have an extra feature that we'll offer our listeners uh, that we'll post online because I want to come back and talk about the building of the business. And we're going to run out of time. So when we come back, we're going to talk a a little bit about uh, social media today and the challenges for public relations. We're talking with Harold Burson. 
Hey, there's something new for you at the mentorsradio.com website, a new special offers page. There you'll find unique offers available only to our listeners, you. For example, have you ever wondered if a career coach could help you get to the next level? Find out. For a limited time, a superb career coach is offering you a free session. The offers change all the time, so bookmark TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. TheMentorsRadio.com. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. bullyofasia.com. Do you want to make a difference in your life? Can you do it in your current job, or do you need a career change? I'm Lucy Claire Curran, and I want to be your new career coach. I excel in creating breakthrough, aha moments for my clients. But see for yourself. For a limited time, get a full coaching session at no cost. One session free. Go to newcareer.biz. That's newcareer.biz. Newcareer.biz. Let's do this. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Lorian. I'm talking to Harold Burson, who's considered to be the most influential person of modern times. He is the founder of Burson Marsteller, one of the largest public public relations agencies in the world. It's really hard to believe that time is uh, coming to a close. And before it does, I, I think... A great question for you has to do with the challenges today with the 24-7 news cycle, social media. You no longer have a uh, top-down system of delivering information. How how is Burson, how are you recommending to others they handle this current situation? With with great care. you have to look at the digital age as a continuum that started with Gutenberg's press in the 15th century. And that is a, uh, it's a distribution system on how do you get information out to people. And that distribution, that, uh, a cycle, you know, lasted for two, three hundred years, and the telegram came, and then the radio, and the t- and, and the movies, and uh, 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 broadcast, and then the television, and then cable, and finally we get up to the uh, digital age, which of course is the most powerful of all of those 
because, number one, it is very economical to get messages out to not thousands, but millions or even billions of people. Uh, so, uh, and it, it is very easily to, to penetrate uh, uh, the, uh, the public uh, uh, and uh, uh, get your message across. Uh, uh, and the other thing is that uh, everybody is a reporter now if he wants to be or she wants to be. So uh, you have to be very, very careful and what you what you put out, and you have to be very careful in defending yourself. In uh, in in those early days, uh, uh, it was not quite as sophisticated as it was today. Uh, uh, the uh, I think television prob I mean excuse me uh, digital. Uh, I think probably uh, was more positive with Johnson and Johnson than uh, it would have been today, and that's because uh, the uh, the hackers weren't nearly as uh, sophisticated back then uh, as as they are now. Uh, but still, uh, it was something that we took into great. Consideration. Okay, well, Harold, we're, we unfortunately we've run out of time. We could spend hours. We're going to do a Mentors Radio extra time, and our listeners can go online to listen to another ten minutes where we're going to talk about the building of Burson Marsteller. You can order Harold's new book, Persuasion, by going to our website, www.mentorsradio.com. Mentorsradio.com. When there, please subscribe to future shows. Charles, thanks for joining us. That's Charles Versaggi. Thank you. Join me next weekend at this time for the next edition of the Mentors Radio. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.